0: When people talk about church, they often refer to it as a building. We see the chapels, we see the temples or cathedrals. And every time we talk about a church, the idea that comes to mind is oh, that building there and that building there and that old building there and that new building there. So most, most, most people refer to church as a building. Even though a church can have a physical address, a place where people go, church was never meant to be a building. Church is not a building. In fact, the biblical definition of church comes from the Greek word ecclesia or ekklesia, which can be translated as an assembly, a group of people, an assembly. But we need to pay more attention to that because Ecclesia was not just a gathering of like-minded people. It was not just a gathering of people. We can't say church is an assembly of believers or a group of people who believe in Jesus. When Jesus used the word in the New Testament and when Paul was talking about ecclesia, they were referring to more than just a group of people. Because in the ancient Greek states they used to have gathering of representatives who were meeting together to legislate, and they were called ecclesia. So it was a group of people who came together to represent other people and legislate. We can say a church is the gathering of legislators. That was the meaning of the word when Jesus was talking about the church. A group of legislators. They come together to legislate. So that's what we are. What do we legislate? The church is called to represent God. To legislate values and principles of God on earth. The church is the group of people who are supposed to bring healing where there is brokenness. To bring God's perspective where there is confusion. To bring eternal plan of God into time. To bring heaven to earth. The church is a group of legislators who are supposed to shape the culture. To establish the kingdom of God to earth. To speak truth where there is confusion. So you can see that the definition of church is not just a group of believers or people who are like-minded people or just a group of people who call themselves Christians. They have a mission to legislate. So in the New Testament, the word church refers to two kinds of churches. There is a global church and there is a local church. And they are all called church in the New Testament. The global church is the combination of all all those who believe in Jesus, alive and dead, and everywhere around the world. They are all part of the church, which we call the body of Christ, or the global church. Let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And he put everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of the one who fills all things in everything. God appointed Jesus and put everything under his feet. Then watch this. He appointed Jesus as the head over uh, everything for the church. If you read that cl- carefully, which is his body? What does it mean? If Jesus is the head and we are his body... Then God has put everything under Jesus. What does it mean? He put everything under the church. God has put everything under the church. What does it mean? The authority, the authority to rule over the earth is with the church. The reason why there is still peace on earth is because the church is still around. Believe it or not, the reason why we are still breathing and we still see some kind of peace and the world is still, like we still see like it's a place to live is because the church is still here. That's why the world is still a little bit livable. Yeah, you may say, oh, the world has gone crazy. Crazy in your perspective. But if we remove the church, it will go crazier. God put everything under the authority of Jesus, and then we, the body of Christ, we are keeping everything under control. You may not know, but that is the body of Christ. All believers everywhere in China, in America, in Australia, in in, in Asia, in everywhere. Someone was naming countries on, on, on Friday night, and they said Africa, and Africa is never a country, it's a continent. We have more than 52 countries. (laughs) That's not part of the message. Everywhere, all believers around the world, including Africa, which is a continent, we are part of the church which is called the bride of Christ or the body of Christ. But the Bible also uses the term church to describe a local group of members of the global church. So when a group of people like us here come together, we are called the church because we represent the global church. It's the the local expression of the global church. The global church can't be touched, can't be seen. It can only be seen through the local church. We are the local church. A a small number of people or a group of people representing the global church. So a church is made of people, not a building. When a building is empty, it's not a church. So it's the local church that is going to draw our attention today. Let's talk about the local church. Our focus will be on the local church. The question is, why should you belong to a local church? Why is it important for you to belong to a local church? Why should you go to church? What does it mean to be the church? Or what does it mean to go to church? So to answer these questions, I'll suggest 10 biblical reasons why we should attend and belong to a local church 10 reasons why we should belong and attend a local church so the first reason the first reason is Jesus established the church in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 it says and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the forces of hate will not overpower it Jesus said he's Building his church. He himself is building his church. The church is God's idea. The concept of the church is not a human made. It was invented by God. It is maintained by God. God initiated church. And God is maintaining church. It's not a human. Even though some people have been used to build church. Some aspect of the church. Paul was used. Peter was used. But they were not building it. Jesus, he's building his church. And he continues to use people today who make themselves available to build his church. It is his concept. It is his initiative Even some people may feel like they own the church. I know in history, we had people who made of the church their own property. They made of the church their own system. The church was never intended to be a human property. It is God's idea. It is God's initiative. The second reason is the early church gathered regularly. Regularly, they went Together They went to church. They gathered together. Acts chapter 20 verse 7. On the first day of the week, we assembled to break bread. On the first day of the week, they came together to break bread. So the question should not be if you should go to a particular place at a specific day of the week. The question should be, should I gather With other believers on a specific day of the week? Should I gather? Should I attend? Should I go and meet those people on a specific day of the week? Maybe you when you are preparing to go to church, you are thinking, should I go there again? Should I just change the way you think about it? Should I go and meet those people? Should I go and gather with those people and do the things we do together there? It's the gathering that makes church. The gathering, not the sound system. All this we do is they, they are there to facilitate our gathering. The microphones are here to facilitate our gathering. But this does not make church. The light does not make church. We make church. You make church. Your presence makes church. Three, church buildings matter. That sounds like a contradiction, isn't it? I've just said that it it, no, it doesn't make church, and then I say it matters. <laughs> yes, they matter. Every day, uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 42, every day in the temple complex, in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Buildings are essential because they provide a consistent meeting place for Christians. And it's it's also a neutral gathering place we, we we have different lifestyles as people we de- design our homes differently we we live a completely different uh, lifestyle if we say we're going to gather at your place every Sunday you may not be comfortable to receive all of us every Sunday and to impose us to remove take our shoes off when we get at your door because that's your lifestyle People should remove their shoes at the door. Yeah. <laughs> they should <laughs> So the church is a neutral place where we don't impose our personal lifestyles. We come here, different background, we come together to worship together. So the, the place is also important. And many church buildings are valuable. It's that they they are multi-purpose buildings. They 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 are used as a hub for the community, they, as, as youth uh, centers where they come and, and, and learn and, and have these activities and, and children activities and all those things are needed. So the, 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 the church building is necessary for the community. So I did not say that we don't need church buildings. I just said church buildings are not the church. They don't make the church. We still need them, but they are not the church. So we are good on that. I clarified my. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Four, a warning not to stop. In Hebrew chapter 10, verse 25. Not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Jesus assumed that everyone who follows him will go to those meetings. You should go and meet other believers. Those who love Jesus, those who follow him, love his church. If you love Jesus, you love his church. You love the people he loves. His body, the church. So he gave us the instruction not to stop. Going Because that happens often. Some people seem to be staying away. We, we, we don't know why. The Bible doesn't give us the reason they were doing it back then. And we don't know why some people do it still today. Some people just decide not to join the gathering for one reason or another. You may have your own reasons. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe your life is just too busy. Or maybe or maybe someone said something to you you did not like. Or maybe someone looked at you the way you didn't like. Or someone smelled the way you didn't like. Or you don't just like them. It's your right. But the Bible still says, regardless of your reasons, please go and gather with others. That is what Jesus is saying. 5 God has equipped leaders to equip you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 12. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. God established leaders to build you up, to equip you. Then he gave some to be apostles, some to be teachers, some to be pastors, some to be, to, be, to, be, to be evangelists. And all these people do different things, but their mission is to build you up. It's for you. It is for you. These people are there to build you up. So you need to go there because there are people who are waiting for you to serve you. There are people who are waiting for you to build you up. I think some people avoid church because they don't want to be built up. I think some people don't really like the idea of being told what to do. Or to be challenged or, or of what they need to become. They, they are comfortable in where they are. And God is saying, no, I've established some people. I've established some people to help you move from point A to point B. Go there, they will tell you. Yeah. And when you, came, you come here, I tell you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> God has established leaders to tell you, to equip you. You know, some people may say, "I'm mature. I'm a mature Christian. I don't need to be taught. I can read the Bible for myself. I can teach myself. I I have podcasts. I have books. I have the Bible in five versions at home. I can interpret Greek and 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 I can interpret Hebrew and some Aramaic and." I know things. I've been going to church for 30 years. What do you want to tell me? Oh, that is where the danger comes in. There is a difference between self-teaching and self-feeding. Self-teaching is when you establish yourself as a teacher, which means you can interpret for yourself and apply for yourself. and You are accountable to yourself. But the danger of self-teaching It brings sometimes arrogance. But self-feeding is different. Self-feeding is you still research, you still bring, you still read, you still open the Bible, and you allow God to feed you. You still search for it. But you allow other voices to speak. You allow other interpretations. You allow other opinions because you are not self-teaching. And God has established some people to be teachers of the word. There are people who are there to teach the word by the Holy Spirit. They have the gift of teacher, teaching. Why not listen to them? So self-feeding is good. Self-feeding is good. But self-teaching is dangerous. Self-feeding means you go to church, you open your Bible at home, you, you read it, you listen to this, you, you, you feed yourself. You are a mature person, you can feed yourself. But self-teaching is dangerous. That's, where, that's, how, that's how we come up with heresies. Let me be clear. This is not just about church members. Even teachers of the word should be taught, should allow other voices to speak in their lives. We get heretic theology when someone goes in the closet and comes and says, I've received this revelation from God without other people checking it. And they begin to say, this is what God wants for you guys who is around you to check if it's biblical Ah, uh, no no god, god spoke to me we get heretic teachings when even the teacher is not being taught good teachers should be taught by other teachers and every teacher should keep another teacher accountable and we keep each other's account each other accountable what do you say there i think this reference is wrong i think that one is yeah that's good that's good we keep each other accountable Six, God has equipped other believers to build you up. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophesy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service, in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhorting. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Even 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 to to 12, also mentions some gift of the Holy Spirit in the church, for the church. So every one of us has some gift, and God has given you those gifts so that you can help each other. We can help to build each other. It's not just up to the leaders to, to, to equip you. It's also up to each other to build each other. And when you have something, you bring it. The other one brings it and we build each other. God designed the church so that we can build each other. If you stay away, not only you are holding back what you have, you are also staying away from what others have to build you up. We complement each other. We, We feed each other through different gifts. One will sing. One will make some coffee. Another one will stand at the door. Another one will, will clean up. Another one will organize the seats. And we, we do different things. And someone will be on the machines there. Someone on the camera. Someone on, on the projection. And we, we all make church to be church. That is church. When all those aspects come together, we have church. Have church. Seven, God has equipped you. To serve others in Matthew 25 16 to 18 the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more the servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money 24 then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose my, your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. The story here is talking about a master who is Jesus, who gave us different gifts and different opportunities. In this story, the one who received five doubled it. He, he, He invested it and it became a double. The one who received two worked on it, and it became four. The one who received one—I don't know if he was jealous. The Bible doesn't say, or he was just lazy. The Bible doesn't say. But what we saw, we, what we see here, he, he was—he had some issues with the way things were going on. He complained about the system. I know you master, you—you you, you take stuff you don't, that don't belong to you. I—I know you master. Like he had some issues with the system. And you know what happened to him? It was taken from him. I I don't know what God has given to you. I know you have something. You have something. No one has everything. But even though you see that one has five. That one has two. That one has. I, I don't have many gifts. But you have something. We are not all going to stand on the platform here to preach. But we can all do something. In the church. To build up the church. We may not all play the drums like John. We may not all be on the, pl- on the key- piano here on the keyboard like Paul, but we can all do something. There is something for you in the house you can do in the church. The eighth one. We should attend and belong to the church for character building. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. The concept of iron sharpening iron implies at least two pieces of iron. It would be impossible for one iron to become sharper by itself. The process of helping someone else, it becomes effective when you have two people, three, four, five together. You know what? When we come together, that way we shape our characters. Because living together is complicated. And then again, in the church, people are supposed to be saint and holy. When we come together, there is no saintness or holiness. <laughs> I'm telling you. When we come together, we expect to see Saints. The truth is, you, you see human beings with real, real flaws. The way they talk, the way they do this, the way they respond, the way they act. And we that's when we build character because you have to put up with those people. Every week, every week, we have to come back again and we see those people. We have to listen to them again and... That's what built us up. If you isolate yourself, you will never grow. The church is a community of believers who build trusted relationships to keep each other accountable. So we build the relationship first, and then we start to holding each other accountable. Iron sharpening iron also requires a level of accountability. Let me explain this. It requires a personal inclination to allow those you trust to look close enough into your life so that they can see specific weaknesses or problems. You allow people to see it. We build relationships. Then you allow people to look into your life. Genuine accountability demands that the person receiving advice is willing to allow the giver to look for the vulnerabilities in their lives, to accept what they point out, and then do something to fix it when they hear it. Accountability is when you tell someone, watch my life. Whenever you see a flaw, point it out. I'm willing to listen. That's hard. That's what we don't do. We do all these outside things. Oh, hey, thank you. I want, I'm accountable. You know, I'm accountable to you. You are not. You haven't allowed me to touch that area. Every time we try to get close, oh, no, 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 no. Don't touch. Every time we got close to there, you run away. Every time someone is about to see that area, you run away. Why? When are you going to grow? Without accountability. The church is a safe place we are supposed to hold each other accountable. We are watching each other. Now, it's, it's not a pointing mistakes. I said in the Proverbs, it's not just pointing mistakes. No. We encourage each other. We push forward each other. We, we help each other. But at the same time, we also allow people to touch those weak areas so that we can grow together. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. The local church keeps you on track. It helps us avoid poor judgment. It's for sound judgment we come to church. Nine. For apportioned grace. Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne. John received a revelation and he was given messages to seven local churches and their names, the church of Ganeda, the church of Tamworth, and the church of, there were names, not not Ganeda in the Bible, but there were names in the Bible. Each local church operated under a particular grace. Each local church had some something good and something maybe bad. A, a few of them, maybe two, did not have anything bad. God didn't say anything bad to work on or any flaws. They were, they were just good. They had some blessings. But other churches, they had some blessings and some challenges. Every church, every local church, watch this, church, please listen to this. Every time you join a church, you join a covering of blessings upon that church. Every time you leave a church, you leave that covering. Of that church I didn't say it it is in the Bible it's the Bible because every church operates under a particular blessing a particular grace there is a grace upon each church there is and it's a spiritual principle and I'm not saying our grace is better than the other church I'm just saying there is a grace here if you go somewhere else there is another grace there and there's another grace there and every pastor over a church comes with a particular grace Every time you join a particular community of believers, you are joining, you are partaking into their blessings. The Bible does not only ask us to attend a local church, it asks us to belong to it. To belong to a local church, to serve, to become accountable, to become part of the family, to be one of those people. I don't just go there, I belong there. And finally, Because it's a community for the community. The church is a community for the community. John chapter 13 verse 35. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Hmm, How does this mean we are a community for the community? Their command. In the Bible dedicated to the life of believers among themselves and believers to the world so this one here it's not about believers among themselves only this is about what is happening among believers affecting the community outside that's what Jesus is talking about he said what is happening among you guys if you love one another It won't stop there. Those who are watching you on the outside, they will know that you are my disciples. What is Jesus talking about? Why is it necessary for people to know that we are his disciples? Shouldn't we just put some banners and say disciples of Christ are meeting here? But Jesus said it's by the way we love each other that they will know we are his disciples. No, they won't know we belong to a church. They will know we belong to Jesus. By the way we love each other. And when they know, when they see that we belong to him, they will come to him. Because it's attractive to see people who love each other. It is attractive. The best evangelistic system, strategy, to make people come to Jesus is to love one another. The way we love each other determines... If the people on the outside will say, mm, Jesus is good. or oh, I don't want anything to do with this, this Jesus. The way we love one another. We are a community for the community. Jesus said they will know you are my disciples. They will know you follow me. And when they know you follow me, they will come and follow me. And everything we do here affects them. If we forgive each other, it affects them. If we speak kindly to each other, it affects them. If we stop coming, it affects them. If you criticize the church, it affects them. If you criticize your sister or your brother, it affects them. If you become arrogant, it affects them. Everything you do against the church affects them. What the Bible says is by the way we treat each other, that's when they will see that is attractive. These people love one another. The church is divided. The local church, local churches are divided. Baptists can't speak to Pentecostals. There are people who cannot step in this building because we are too noisy. Because your pastor wears jeans, not just jeans, broken jeans. There are people who can't go, can't even say hello to Catholics. No, 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 no. Those that's a cult there are people who they are pentecostal who judge baptist no they don't speak in tongues they are not spiritual enough who told you you are the judge of spirituality on earth you don't have the spiritual meter to know who is hot who is cold who is going to heaven who is not you are not leave that to god as long as we all worship jesus we are going there to heaven There is this bottom line. We are all confessing Jesus. We are all his disciples. Those differences, I know it's a big deal. I know. I know. I know it's a big deal, but it doesn't make us more Christians than others. The point is, our opinions are not building the church. Our different opinions are not building the church of Christ, at least. They can build religion. Our opinions can build religion, they can build organizations, but not the, the Church of God. By our love, they will know we are His disciples. But by, by the way we listen to each other, by the way we accept each other, by the way we understand each other, we forgive each other, we can go on and on and on. But the bottom line the, the, the bottom line is, we are the church, the community for the community.